So in this new format video podcast, we are set up in my brand new recording studio, which is really, really exciting. So I've invited on my head coach at Social Attraction. He does a lot of the training courses with me where he takes clients out into the real world, teaches them how to start conversations, meet more women, create a bit of sexual tension and go on instant dates. So I thought I'd get Pete involved on the episode today. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode. So Pete, welcome to the uh, very first episode today. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, nice to be back, even though it's episode one again. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I have a few things I wanted to chat about with you. The first one we we're speaking about yesterday, but we really need to get into this. So I was speaking to uh, a girl recently who was telling me that it's the man's duty to chase after a woman. And the reason why this came up is because I was explaining to her that when we train our clients, we say, if you're inviting someone out to give a deadline, so would you like to join me on Saturday? Let me know by midday tomorrow. And she was saying, there's no way I'd ever reply to that. You're being patriarchal. You're trying to control the situation. You're trying to do all of these different things. Now, my initial response was, well, if you don't get back to me by midday, then that's a red flag for me anyway. Right. And I even said to her, you just want to keep all your options open until the last minute to decide. She goes, well, yeah, that's what a woman should be able to do. And I was thinking, that's not how it works with successful guys. It may be how it works with guys that don't have lives going on or, you know, are able to be free. But when you've got your life in order and you're inviting someone to join you, you're already creating space for them. What did you think about this? I mean, I've never had quite a response like that in my entire life, but what do you think about it? So I'm on board with you there completely because the, I mean, just our, just in our lives, like we almost have to make time to do anything. So sometimes we don't see each other for what months mm -hmm. and then we'll spend a week together. Mm. So if I'm not spending time with one of my best mates for three months, when am I going to spend time with a woman? Like okay. I'm going to have to make the time. And I know that's partly because we're both busy. So this just schedules don't match up. But you can get the same thing with a woman. Mm. So by giving a deadline, it's like, if you're not going to be free and you're not interested enough to be free, I'm going to fill that time with the other things I need to do. Mm. So it does. It go, It can go both ways. And if a girl's like, if, if you're pushing a girl off, that's also a red flag. That should be a red flag for her. So it, it does go both ways, but it's got nothing, from my opinion, it's, no, it's not patriarchal, it's not yeah. sexist, it's not, it's just... That's how you communicate in terms of making the best use of your time. And she can do the same. The reason why I think it was interesting because her whole mentality was that men need to chase after women. Like that's it. And then we were discussing a bit more about, I was saying, don't buy a woman a drink to start a conversation because you're exchanging your money for her time. Don't go for out on a, a date and pay for food because it's too much of an interview right at the start of the relationship. And a lot of women aren't comfortable with that anyway. She's like, no, if you're not going to spend any money on me, then I'm not interested. And I, I was just thinking, well, clearly these are massive red flags that you're giving off. But she wouldn't see it that way. She'd be like, I'm the prize, I'm the value. And if you want to spend time with me, this is what you do. And I guess what's happened is that a lot of guys who haven't been educated on this era buy into that idea. It's the idea we all grow up with and that's what we think we should do. But as soon as you go into those behaviours, the woman's absolutely not interested in you because you're chasing after her. What are your thoughts on this? So, I mean, I've, I've gone through the process of you go out 
have a drink, you end up buying. Well, I don't know. This is years ago. Now, and might you spend forty pound on a on a on a date just buying drinks? And these days, it's probably more like one hundred and forty pounds. But like, it's the same idea. Like, you're spending a lot of money on potentially never seeing someone again, and they're there because sometimes it's just they they don't want to be rude enough to say, "I want to go home." Mm. So, just on that front, I would say that you shouldn't be buying. I mean, you can buy a drink, and then she buys one back. That's fine. But in terms of just buying loads of drinks. No, if I, I mean, I don't really drink anymore, but if I do go for a drink with a girl now, quite often I'll meet in a location, we might have a drink or two out of pure habit. I've paid before I've even thought about it. But at the same yeah. time, the number of times women are like, I don't, I, I, you don't want to split it. Like I'll get the next one. Well, I think it's, as well that that's different because you're on a date as well, mm. right? If you invite someone to a date, then you probably should be paying. But if you just go into a bar and there's an attractive woman at the bar and you go over and say, can I buy you a drink? I think that's such an antiquated way of doing it. Also as well, just with regards to the the chasing after mentality, what the woman I was speaking to failed to grasp is that we're busy. And the kind of guys that you're attracted to are generally successful. They're goal-driven. They have stuff going on in their life. So on the one hand, you want that man. But on the other hand, you want him to be available to you. And I said to her, that kind of guy that you want to date is, you know, there's not a load of them around. Not everyone's like that. So you're after dating a certain type of guy. Do you think that type of guy is going to have options the same way a very attractive woman would have options? And she said, yeah, he would. And I said, okay, so if he's got options available to him and he's busy goal-driven, then if he only has a set period of time for you to spend time with him, you're telling me that you wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't. He needs to be special. He needs to do this, he needs to do that. And I was thinking, that's absolutely not true. It's not true because in my experience, in that situation, you're saying something to make yourself out to be moralistic and to be this, that, and the other. And then on a separate occasion, sort of with the, with the same person, she was saying that um, there's this guy that she, you know, that she really likes and this, that and the other. And it was like everything that she said before had been deleted, you know, because this guy was apparently high status. So my experience of this, I think, is that women tend to have, tend to have one rule for the everyday man and a different rule for the high status man that they want to date. And what you don't want to be is the everyday man because you're going to get messed around. Women aren't going to come back to you. You're not going to be a viable option. They're just going to be hanging around with you until they find someone else, right? What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so, I, I mean, to, to touch on what we discussed yesterday, there's like, this wouldn't necessarily be 100% a woman, but it's a majority. But yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, to, touching on what I didn't say yesterday because I couldn't remember was there's a girl in a cafe got a compliment. And uh, she was like, "Oh, that's so sweet, so nice." Um, and I think he, I think he even asked her out, and she said no. Uh, and, but she was like, "Oh, that's really sweet, really nice." And one of the questions was, "Well, why didn't you go out with her then?" And she went, "Oh, no, no, I just just don't find him attractive." <laughs> so, so I obviously chirp up and be like, "So if a guy uh, you found attractive didn't compliment you and asked you out, you'd you'd just go. Um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be sweet, it wouldn't be nice." She's like, the the conversation basically rolled into her being massively hypocritical in terms mm. of like, oh, it's sweet and nice, but I'm not attractive. But mm. 
Like you've got to do this, this, and this for me to be attracted to you. But a guy who does this, this, and this to be yeah. is completely unattractive. It's, 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 like, it's, it's one thing what someone says, nothing what they do. I, I do think that that you know this isn't all women for sure. This hmm. is this is um, a certain group of women, and this was just during a natural conversation I was having with someone. I do feel like if you if you go to sort of places like bars and nightclubs and places like that, I do think that the the type of people that go to those places, it, you're going to be more sort of status driven, wanting to be seen, wanting to party, wanting to be in these places. And I think if you go to those type of venues, especially to meet women, I think you're always going to be anxious that a woman's going to dump you for someone else. You're always going to be like fighting. To, and it, it's really exhausting. I think if you go to other places like we coach people to like art galleries, dancing, salsa whatever it may be the type of women that go to those places are they have a different energy to them than going to bars and nightclubs so i think for me going to bars and nightclubs to meet women is always a stupid idea anyway because you're notoriously chasing because there's so many guys in there that are happy to pay for women's time with drinks i think as well on this, I think a lot of guys are just happy at spending money on women just to be in their presence. I've done loads of consultation courses where guys like, oh, well, um, you know, I spend loads of money to hang out with me, but I can't sort of get to intimacy. And I said, well, you have to stop acting like their friend. Oh, I'm not willing to do that because I like being with them. I know. I mean, that's that's the classic, isn't it? Yeah. Like, this, this is where, when, I mean, you literally touched on it, going, going to dance class or, or going to like... A talk like going to an art gallery is all well and good. You can talk to people, but going to a talk on a, a piece of art, so not so much a Tate tour, but there might be like a particular exhibition, and mm. you can join like a, a lecture if you like on it. The number, I mean, I didn't actually go into it, but the number of women who were on this yeah. talk was unbelievable. And I'd say those are the type of people, not just the the standard people in the art gallery, but those people who are willing to actually spend time and learn something are yeah. the type of person I'd want to, to hang out with. I think that's, you know, interesting. It's like you aren't your general run of the mill lad that wants to go and drink and party on weekends. So sort of going to those places to meet women would be a mistake. So building your life around doing the things that you enjoy anyway and meeting people on that process is clearly the way forward, right? I mean, that's what we teach people to do. I was just like, you know, a bit taken aback and shocked at having had this conversation and then it sort of got followed up with another girl who I was having a conversation with. And she was saying that, um, you know, she's, she's fantasizing about another guy, even though she's in a relationship. And what she was saying is that the only reason she's fantasizing about someone else is because her boyfriend isn't providing enough emotional support and care for her. And I said to her, you're blaming your boyfriend for fantasizing about someone else. And I thought that was interesting as well. It's almost like she was absolving herself of all accountability. So if I decide to cheat or act on this, then it's his fault for not giving me what I wanted. I didn't say it at the time because I didn't think about it, but I was thinking, well, what happens if that was the other way around? What happens if, if a guy cheated on you and then said to you, it's because you weren't providing me with what I needed? What do you think would happen in that situation? Well, they, you would, well A, you'd have a massive argument, but B, it's like... Um, I've to touch on this at a slightly different angle. I've had the conversation about this where I wasn't getting what I required in certain areas of a relationship, and I had the conversation. And because of that, we opened up the relationship. It didn't work, mm -hmm. but it, but we had the conversation. So it's kind of like the opposite. You have the conversation; it's a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. You realize it still doesn't work. You move on. But 
Yeah, I mean, if if you don't have that conversation, all you're doing is, regardless of which partner's doing it, all you're doing is, well, to quote one of my one of my first girlfriends, is like if I if I've cheated on something, there's something wrong. We should leave. But like, it, it was what I was surprised about was the complete lack of accountability. Mm. Where it's not my fault, it's his fault. So if I cheat on him, it's his fault, not my fault. Yeah, and it's like. I'm so far removed from that thought process because as you know, like part of our training is taking accountability for every area of your life. So if you are, if you're in a relationship and you're fantasizing about other people, then that is indicative that something is probably not working or you need to look at how your relationship is structured, but you're responsible for it. And blaming anyone else just is ridiculous because it's not their fault. You know, imagine having your partner having an affair or cheating and then blaming you for it too. That's like a double whammy. So not only they had an affair or cheated on you, they're then blaming you for the reason why they did that. And at that stage, if that happened, I'd want to have a conversation and say, well, why didn't you bring this up sooner? But you know the response you'd get, I shouldn't have to. So it's like, okay then, so you, you, you can't bring up a conversation. You act as you want and then you blame me for this. And the sad thing about this is that there's a lot of men out there they would accept that reasoning and stay in that relationship. And they're just downtrodden. It's unhealthy and it's the worst thing that's, that's possible. So my, my response to that was, would be, I'm not a mind reader. You're either going to communicate, which is two ways, or this is over. Mm. I think as well, um, going back to what I was saying earlier, that having questions to ask women at the start almost shows you these red flags early. So if you say to a woman, I'm busy, but let me know by this time, and they don't, that's a massive red flag. Do you know what I'm saying? Like asking a woman, what are your views on sort of a relationship nowadays if we have kids? Like who should be supporting everyone? How should that work? That's another really good question to ask someone. Because they say, oh, well, the man should pay for it. Like you, I would expect him to do this and expect it. As soon as I start using the word expect, expectations, that's a red flag. That's a, Because that's not, I'm willing to see what happens. That's an expectation. So asking these questions as soon as you can, even if a woman's really attractive and you're very attracted to her, walk away if she doesn't meet your expectations because she will walk away from you if you don't meet her expectations faster than you're willing to walk away from her trust me uh, you must have you know with your relationship history look back on it and think i could have saved myself some pain if i asked these questions in advance yeah 100 percent. and as you say it's like we've got a whole what 200 red flag questions you can ask i think i can remember about four of them off the top of my head mm. but when you're in a conversation and something sort of triggers a, a thought in your head I'm, that doesn't quite sound right, it can that can trigger the thought of, or oh, what what do I need to do? Because you don't have to ask it. Mm-hmm. If if something's not quite right, you can either walk away straight away, or you can figure out what what it is and ask the question, find the question which which works. With the 2020 vision of hindsight, you go, well, why did I put myself in that position? I think as well, you were just taking the easy option at those times, which a lot of people do. It's easier to stay in a, in a dysfunctional relationship as a guy because the reality of going out to meet another woman's too painful. So what happens is a lot of guys don't want to go out and be single again. So they just accept what they get. And if they find a woman relatively attractive, that's good enough for them. And it's it's like the the core part of your life, your relationship. And if that's not healthy, everything else breaks and it's not good. So... I'm a believer in establishing whether this person's compatible soon. So for me, context is important. Where am I meeting her? If I'm meeting her in a bar or club, that's probably going to not be right. Meeting her in an art gallery probably would be right. 
If asked the red flag questions and they come back good, that's probably good indications. If someone turns up late for a date without letting me know, that's a red flag. Because it just comes down to respect at the end of the day. Like if you're going to meet someone, that relationship needs to be built on mutual respect. And if you don't respect someone's time by being on time or letting them know if you're running late, that's a big red flag. If you expect that person to look after you financially for the rest of your life, that's also a red flag for me. You know, on the one hand, you know, there's this whole sort of movement towards, you know, men being patriarchal. But on the other hand, there's an expectation on men where they should have to protect and provide for their family, which I'm not saying I'm against, but I just find it there's a few double standards there with a lot of content online. It's like, well, you know, if you want equal expectations, then that's on both of you, right? Not just on one of you or when it suits you or when it serves you. Yeah, no, completely. It's a bit like, um, this was years ago now, but I, I met this, I think she was a bombshell Polish girl. And um, I just remember she was telling me before we met for for a date that, she gets 5G or internet on um, on the tube. Mm. Now, she was over 45 minutes late. Now, again, this was like nearly 10 yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah. but she's over 45 minutes late. And then she tried to have a go at me for being like, oh, you should be more like, um, you shouldn't be so stiff. You shouldn't be so like uptight about timing. That, and I was like, I didn't know how to handle it at the time. Yeah. But. Well, well, you wouldn't still be there. You know, no, like yeah, that, that, there, yeah. you know you're late, right? Apologize for being late. Don't try and tell me I'm stiff. That doesn't work. That's her trying to, you know, essentially control you. The, the other thing as well, which um, is interesting is like, people get so irate about the standards that you place on your dating life. So you say, well, I want to date a woman who respects my time, who wants to work, potentially together, but wants, wants to work and help support a family. Just those few things. I want those, right? I don't want someone that's late. I want someone that's like. As soon as you start saying those things, you get a lot of pushback. Well, no, you should be able to do this. You should be able to do that. And a lot of the pushback is because in an ideal world, women want to date someone with different expectations. It's like, well, then don't date me then. You have a choice. And it's funny because when you set your expectations early on in a relationship and you say these, say these to people, they don't like it. And what I find interesting about that is they don't like it. But if you look online, all of the movement online, a lot of this content is we want men to be honest and upfront with us. We want men to be honest and upfront with us. Okay. So I'm going to be honest and upfront with you. Or I've taught my clients to do this, right? So they don't want to have a relationship with someone. And they say, look, I find you attractive. I'm never going to date you. But if, you know, if you wanted to hook up, then I'm okay with that. And in the, some situations when that's happened, some women are accepting it and some women really don't like it. But then what are you supposed to do? Not be honest? Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like you either want people to be honest or you don't. For me, being honest at the beginning of a relationship is the way forward. Because you're, if, and if someone doesn't like it, then don't, they don't have to date you. I would much rather just say to someone, this is what I'm looking for. This is where I'm at at this time in my life. I've got time to see you on these times. It's either going to work or it's not. And then they say, well, you're not being reasonable. You're not really working with me. It's like, well, we've just met. That's what I've got now. Potentially there's more movement in the future here, but where we're at, this is where I'm at. And if that doesn't fit for you, it doesn't fit for you. Rather than what most guys do, which is like, I'm free anytime. Do you want to join me on Saturday? And then they wait till Saturday night and no text back and they waste their whole entire existence. What do you think about setting expectations right at the start? Oh, I, 100%. It's 
it's one of the hardest things to do as well because it's you're you feel like you're limiting yourself but what you're doing is filtering out people who just aren't going to work yeah and that's as a guy that's really hard but well, you can do it it's hard when you don't have enough options so it's exactly. like if you're not meeting enough women on a day-to-day week-to-week month-to-month basis then it's a problem but if you're meeting 10 15 women a month that you like that you find attractive because you're meeting them living your life then it's easy you just say this isn't this is never going to work and then you know what happens most of the time eight nine times out of ten is that you know if a girl likes you then they'll say okay it's not ideal but let's try it because they like you and in fact mm. when you set that expectation what you're saying is you have standards and that's highly attractive to women anyway so anyone that's scared to do that it's actually more attractive to do that than to not yeah and and on the on the other side is women women push back because they don't want to lose their freedom but what they also want is safety and stability. Yeah. So it's kind of like they're, they're, they might push back initially, whereas in their mind, they're balancing that the safety and stability of the person they find attractive, whether, whether that's you or someone else, as opposed to being able to do whatever they want. Now, if, you are, if you're somebody they find super attractive, they're going to pick the safety and stability. They're not going to pick the freedom because they will get freedom within the yeah. confines of your expectation. And that's interesting as well. That's the reason why a woman will you know, not all women, but a lot of women, unless you give them a deadline, they'll keep their option open till the last minute. And then they'll let you know, you know, especially with online dating for a lot of online daters, you invite a, a woman out to join you and you get a message on the same day. Oh, sorry. I've just seen this. Are you still free tonight? That means you're bottom of the pile. That means anyone else she was interested in going on a date, didn't invite her. Her friends are busy. She's got nothing else to do. Do you really want to be bottom of the pile? You know what I mean? So it's like when you set a deadline that cuts out all of that nonsense right at the start. And when, when you speak to, um, you know, I, I would say that when you speak to the majority of women, they get that and they understand it. And they say, yeah, of course I'd let you know by that time. Why wouldn't I let, let you know? I think it's the, the sort of the, the women that are potentially going to give you red flags or problems later that, that cause this issue. Yeah. And not always, but from, from our experience over the last couple of months, it seems to be a lot of the younger women at the moment not 100% of the time because we know some people in their 30s and 40s or even worse but usually it does seem to be sort of those people coming into sort of university coming out of university that sort of age group mm. who are understandably to a point they're so I just want my freedom I don't want to be sort of mm. locked down and that's fine you're in your early 20s that's you if that's what you want to do that's what you want to do go for it mm. but when you get to 20 so I'd say um, 28 and above. If you're still doing that, mm. that's a massive red flag. Yeah. And that's interesting as well because, you know, I don't, we don't coach women, as you know. On a, we're thinking about running some seduction courses for women, right? But when I sort of meet random women, I met a woman recently walking a dog and, and she was like early 40s and she's like, I, you know, I just don't understand, you know, dating so hard. It's so difficult, you know. This is not the right men around. And I was thinking every single piece of language you've used is about everyone else and not about you. If you're not getting results dating, it's because of you. You're responsible because other people are. And people just, I think generally people don't want to take accountability. It's, it's, it's difficult to look in the mirror and to realize you've got a problem. But unless you do that, you're going to blame society. You're going to blame dating apps. You're going to blame everyone else for why you're not getting the success that you want. You and me have looked in the mirror a thousand times, which is why we've managed to actually take control of our lives. And an easy way of doing this, if something's not working, look back on what decisions you made that ended up being there. And often you'll find that your habitual actions are leading you to be where you are. You know, I felt like saying to the woman the other day, I was like, have you ever thought you're the problem? But I was like, people don't want to hear it. 
because if they did want to hear it, they'd already be reading and watching content like this, trying to understand where they're going wrong. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think a lot of this is um, there's a lot of bad content online. I mean, on the one hand, it's good that you can produce content easily and put it online. But on the other hand, there is just a barrage of information for men and women that seems like it's accurate, sounds great, apart from when you implement it and it just doesn't work. You know, sort of the old advice, like, you know, buy a woman flowers, take her out on the date, do this, do that. If you do that, you're going to get no success. Unless you're a very successful individual anyway, then you can do whatever you want. But that's not the reason why it's successful. Yeah, I think the the whole flowers thing, like I, I had this conversation with somebody and she was like, she actually said to me and um, her boss, actually. But yeah, she said to us, oh, the reason why you're, you're both single is because you don't give women flowers on dates or women flowers. And I was like, are you clueless? <laughs> like- what, what's interesting about that is sometimes I get comments on my social media and people are like, I took my wife out for a, a dinner date 40 years ago and we're still dating today. And I was like, okay, well, where's the context on that? Like, is she attractive? Did she have other options? Are you attractive? Did you have other options? Or, or are both of you unattractive and you were the best viable option for each other? Because for me, Dating in the modern world, the only real way of having a relationship that you actually want is when both parties have a choice. Both parties have options in their dating life and they say, I'm choosing just to date you. And they're choosing also just to date you. If you don't have options, yeah, great. We went out for dinner. We're still together 40 years later. Great. I bet she's probably the only woman you spoke to that year. So it's just like, it's just utterly ridiculous comments from people. They've got no idea. And also from from that, period of time unless you're somewhere like london where it's busy and you can meet a lot of people if you're meeting in a small town and i could pick 100 in the uk if you're dating in a small town you are limited in your options mm-hmm. so you might meet you might only meet one new person in a year because there isn't anyone else in which case you want to take action or there's fear that's the other thing mm-hmm. is you date somebody and then you're so it's like fear of not being there anymore mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's there's two points there. So there's the fear, like I mentioned earlier, the fear of having to go out and meet someone else again. But also <clears throat> when you say you're living in a small town, there's no options, right? Who's, whose fault is that? Who's, well, yeah, who's accountable? I, I agree. I agree. You know, it's your, it's, if you, you know, on the one hand you say there's no options in this town, well then why don't you change where you live? You know mm. what I'm saying? It's like, you, you, you know, it's your problem and you have to come up with solutions. If you can't change where you live, you can drive two hours to go to the nearest city and learn to meet women in that city. I was speaking to someone on a consultation call yesterday. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. Great. You're taking control of your life. When people are like, oh, there's not really many options where I live. It's like, well, what do you want me to do about that? Do you want me to like hold your hand and like rub your back and say, oh, poor you? Like, that's not how the world works, mate. (laughs) Like you need to look at your life. And if you want to date a woman who you believe is beautiful, you know, who's intelligent, where are these types of women? They're normally major cities. And if you're not earning enough money to live in a major city, guess who's also accountable for that? Guess who's responsible for how much you're earning? <laughs> Sorry, I almost needed a <laughs> I went, went off on one a little one. But it, it's true. It's like, it's, it's the, what I don't like is the lack of accountability from both parties, men and women, when it comes to their dating life. And, and, you know, often one thing I'll hear from, um, from girls generally that work for me is like, oh, well, I never know if a guy is just interested in sex or not. Like, I don't know if they're just interested in sex and then that's all that they want from me. 
And I've heard this so many times over the years. And I'm like, if you think that's the case, right, is that all there is to you? Because if I think about that the other way around, say I'm in really good physical condition, right? And that's all I have to me. And I think, oh, well, a woman's only interested in me because of my physique to have sex. But if I was in really good physical condition and I was intelligent and I worked hard and I had a good career, I'd never think that. I'd never think, oh, she just wants to be with that because there's many different things to me. What do you think about that? This is a recent realization. Like, why would you even think that? And, and they say, oh, because the last three or four people, you know, they just wanted to have sex with me and leave. Where did you meet these people? Bars? Clubs? Like, where, where were you going? Because once again, where's your accountability in this situation? I would, I'd say in the last sort of, well, basically Tinder, Tinder era and dating app era, it's got worse. And again, you, you can put it onto the accountability of don't go on to the dating apps. But I mean, we, I'm not going to go off on a, a complete tangent on there because we could be there for hours. But because there is this perception of it's so easy to just hook up for, through a, a dating app, which I think for women, maybe it is. Maybe it is, oh, I just want to get a guy over, well, just text him and comes. And it pro- and because of the disparity, that mm-hmm. is the case. But guys still have this perception. So guys maybe are just trying to sleep with girls. Mm-hmm. And so they are getting a girl who doesn't want that and they're on a dating mm-hmm. app. They're getting a barrage of guys who mm-hmm. can't, it's, they're fighting, competing, they can't be bothered, they're just trying to hook up. So they're getting maybe one in a hundred who's not mm-hmm. doing that. And they might even label them as doing that as well. And so they are getting that perception. So there is accountability. Yeah. Just don't be on the dating app and meet or, them in a location where you're not going to yeah. hit that as well. Or use a paid dating app. I don't, you, I don't think that makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference if you're a woman. 100% makes a difference. If you go on Match.com or eHarmony, generally these dating sites, because men are paying for them and women... Or, no, Match.com is different. But eHarmony, women have to pay for, men have to pay for. At least both of them are putting money into the problem. Whereas if you're using a free dating app, what kind of guys do you think you're going to meet on a free dating app? It's obvious, isn't it? You're going to meet guys that are cheap, mm. that they just want to hook up on the cheap. You're not going to get anyone of any merit on these. The other thing I was going to say, sort of just going back to what we were saying earlier on this, is that one of my clients was telling me that he, he was working with a, with a girl right? And they're working together. This is a professional boundary. And they were talking about um, doing this sort of set or whatever, where drinks were involved. And then she said to him, oh, well, you, you know, you just want to get me really, really drunk. And I thought about that after he said it to me. And what that indicates to me is that she probably wants to sleep with him. But once again, she doesn't want any accountability. She wants to say, oh, he got me really drunk and took advantage of me. If she possibly could. Because why else would you say that? You want to get me really, really drunk. Why would you say that? And it, was, it wasn't it was said in like a harsh tone. It was said in like a soft way. And I said, well, is she in a relationship? And he said, yes. And I was like, well, it sounds to me like she likes you and she needs some kind of plausible deniability as to why you guys could hook up. Oh, I had a few drinks and you know it was a mistake. But she put it out there by saying that in a submissive way. Like, so you can, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's no accountability there either because say they did hook up and whatever came out, she'd be like, oh, well, I had a few drinks. It just happened. It didn't just happen though, did it? Because you thought about it in advance and you put it out there in advance and having one or two drinks gave you the lack of accountability to do it. This isn't just women. This is guys as well, right? I think drinking 
alcohol in dating based scenarios could be a bit of a nightmare for a lot of people as well. But I just like, why don't I just take accountability? You know, because you want to do both. You want to date someone and you want to be able to do what you want on the side, but you don't want any accountability for your actions. You want to get out of jail free card if you ever came to fruition about what you did. I mean, what, what do you think about that? I mean, that, that's just such a huge red flag. It's ridiculous. But what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly, yeah. I mean, there's not really a lot to add to that. I mean, there's a, there's a we, I've spoke to you about this, where there's a girl in one of my tango classes who's basically can't make a decision. She obviously doesn't want to move, but her, her boyfriend's living up miles, like a completely mm-hmm. different country, but same island. And she's like, well, I, I haven't decided if I'm going to go up and see him. But I don't know quite whether she's not taking accountability yet because mm-hmm. I haven't quite gauged it. But she's obviously making it obvious that she likes me. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of balance between you've either got, you've got to make a decision like you've got to commit to something are you going to try and make it work with your with your boyfriend or you're going to split up with him and live because you're enjoying the life but you live she probably won't do that though she'll yeah. probably test the waters if she likes you see whether there's an option there mm-hmm. first before doing it that reminds me of another girl i know her boyfriend broke up with her suddenly after like seven years right and you know what she said to me she's like oh it's really hard because i've thought about sort of everyone that i know and and, and i'm not sure who's available and i was thinking wow like, is that really how you're looking at dating? Who do you know that's available now? Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, all women are like this because they're not. But what I'm saying is that because we are working in, as dating coaches and a lot of the sort of guys that come to us are making a lot of these basic errors, they're running into these situations over and over and over again. They're not getting texts back. They're getting ghosted. All of these things happen because you're, you're not meeting the right type of woman for you. And also you don't have the right expectations. You don't know how to set boundaries. You don't know how to manage conflict. You don't know how to have more dating options in your life. When people watch my short form content, they don't realize that if you piece together all of those, you meet more women, you have boundaries, you set expectations, you're not afraid of conflict. You get a really wonderful dating life. Whether you want a polyamorous relationship or monogamous relationship doesn't make a difference, but they compound into not getting embroiled in any of this nonsense, such as, you know, you're out on a night out with your girlfriend you both get drunk. There's an argument. She goes off with her friends. You don't hear from her for a couple of days, right? That happens. That's a standard situation that happens all the time. Or you get the, oh, well, if this isn't working, you know, maybe I should pack my bags and leave. If you don't know how to handle conflict, you're going to be in a mess. Whereas if you know how to handle conflict, those situations are so easy to mitigate and manage because they don't happen at the start because you cut them off. And if they do happen, you set expectations. When you find the right woman to date, you don't have any of these problems. You really don't. And you only find this right woman when you stop wasting time on the wrong women by cutting them short sooner. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's basically it. And the other thing is, I mean, I'm, what, 32 now? And <clears throat> one, what and what, what I'm hearing from most of the women who are sort of, say, again, 28 and above, who are dateable, if you like, single, looking, etc., is I can't find a good guy. Now, I'm going to mirror this and, and put it from my perspective because I would say I can't find a good girl that's mm. that's kind of the mirror right the way I look at it is this I'm meeting a lot of people mm. I'm meeting a lot of people who don't match what I want and it's like you say when you meet somebody you don't get all these problems most of those people at the age range that I would date are probably currently in a relationship mm-hmm. which is fine there's no problem yeah. with that so I know that I'm looking for 
a needle in a haystack. So I'm not looking. Mm. It's a case of when I find yeah. somebody I enjoy spending time with, I don't really care where it goes. Yeah. Now, I you still have to take the actions to, to get to the point where you, you find out if there is that compatibility. But even so, you're you're looking at yeah. all these things. You're, you're too busy living your life and then allowing a woman to join you if the right circumstance comes up. I mean, I think there's two things. Obviously, you're quite, you know, you're acceptance of where you are. But if you're not at acceptance where you are and you do want to meet someone, there's a lot of false expectations in this world as well. Like, you know, men want to date a very specific, which, you know, having a high standards is great, but are your expectations unrealistic? Most people probably are. And the same from a woman to a man, you know, are your, you know, are you being realistic about the type of guy you can date? I think nowadays um, that people are so insecure in general, they don't want accountability. I think that people are having less intimacy now than ever. And if you ask me, I think that's a mistake because I think that if you look at Taoism, balancing the, the masculine and feminine, the yin and the yang is, is, is a complete a completion and it balances both energies. Often you'll find that men and women who have sort of emotional difficulties, when they start being intimate, having sex with someone, they get calmer. And I find that interesting. And I think it's not necessarily just because they're dating someone they like. It's just having sex with someone who's a calming nature. I mean, Taoists believe if you have sex with someone chaotic, you bring chaos into your life. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe that's fun. But you, but you know what I'm saying? It's like when people are thinking about intimacy and having sex or whatever, a lot of people are just placing really high expectations on what they want. And I think having sex is natural. I think a lot of people block it. They're like, you know, a lot of the women's advice online is, oh, don't have sex till like the third or fourth date. I think if you're blocking intimacy, you've got a problem. And And once again, it's like, you know, say the last five guys just wanted to sleep with you, right? By the sixth one, you'll change your expectations and you won't want to sleep with them. But if you feel like you want to be intimate with someone, just do it. Get it out of your system and see how you feel afterwards. Same with men and women, because you're not going to know till afterwards. And then if you do it five or six times or 10 times and you don't like it, then you change. And then you don't want to be intimate with someone quite so quickly. But I think forcing it and blocking it just goes against nature. I think it's the most ridiculous advice I've ever heard. Yeah, no, I I'm I'm on board with that. I think like I I've kind of done both where like get out of your way and then it kind of it, it kills that relationship in which case it's not right anyway. But that's that's also scary because like if I've slept with somebody and then I don't want to spend time with them anymore because I've slept with them, that's kind of scary on both counts. Yeah. Then there's the other way where you, you put it off like I, I put off sleeping with a girl who I really liked. It ended and then I went, well, in, again, in hindsight, ended for the right reasons. Probably should have slept with her anyway. Like that—that that yeah. was my my thought process. But at the same time, like that's a learning lesson of you've got to balance it. Like stop, stop trying to be clever. Just yeah. do what. And on that as well, like anyone that's like, oh, she's not like that. I, you know, that's just you placing expectations on her. You know, how do you know she's not like whatever until you make a move? You don't. Oh, you're here all the time. Like, oh, she's really classy. She's not like that. <laughs> How do you know? Have you tried holding a hand? Have you tried being intimate with her? You're like, you're putting your sort of false expectations on her, which isn't fair on her either. Mm. But I think with intimacy, it's just, it happens naturally. If you're forcing it, if you try and move too quickly, that's not natural. So if you try and move quickly to intimacy, that's not natural either. But you know, you, as a guy, you should only be spending time with women that you like, that you enjoy spending time with. And intimacy should be the byproduct. It shouldn't be spending time with a girl to sleep with her because you just bring a world of pain into your life. So my sort of the advice on that is only spend time with women that you like spending time with. 
You know, don't yeah. just spend time with women because you, you find them physically attractive. Yeah, 100%. And, and the other thing is, I've actually got two points now, because the other thing about spending time with in, people in general, this isn't just women, spending time with people you enjoy spending time with, that can change. Mm-hmm. So like, you might find that somebody you enjoy spending time with when you first meet them and then you get to know them a bit and you're like actually I don't enjoy spending time with them mm. you can end it at any at any stage in that sense yeah I mean again this is subjective it is subjective because the yeah. women that you find attractive you say bombshells I, I, I don't have that mindset right so I think yeah. maybe it's the type of women that you're attracted to on an instinctive level that you wouldn't want to date maybe it's that type of woman rather than specifically being a bombshell do you know yeah. what I mean like yeah, I think yeah, there's, I agree. A, there's a specific type of woman perhaps it's their energy whatever it may be I think um, dating is just difficult unless you have a really clear picture on what you want to do. And and people don't realise the nuance of how difficult it can be. This is another reason why I'm sort of doing this podcast or video content just to open up the door to show people you can change your decisions and your behaviours and you get better success. Um, as a sort of first episode, Pete, thanks for sort of coming on. We're going to be doing sort of a lot more of these anyway. Um fly (laughs) yeah but um yeah thanks for being sort of a guest on the initial one it's just the first test some of these new ones will run a bit longer but yeah thank you and uh yeah thank you thanks for having me and i'll uh, probably see a lot of people hopefully here sometime soon if you enjoyed this episode then make sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel or if you'd like to come for some in-person training which takes place in this studio where we do role plays with my female coaching assistants then if you follow the link in the bio you're able to schedule a consultation call with me and we can talk about doing some training together